All right, I invite you to follow along with me or bring your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what concern is that to me and to you? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the person in charge of the banquet. So they took it. And when the person in charge tasted the wine that had become, or water that had become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the person called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. May God bless the hearing and reading of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord, in the midst of the many words, both within and without, may you, the eternal word, Speak to us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you can probably imagine um, that I have seen a few things in weddings over the years. Last night's was a wonderful one, a great story. Um, I had the bride and groom get sick during a wedding one time. They had gotten food poisoning. And... I, it, it actually is true. A person can turn green. Uh, the groom had turned green. So we had to have like a halftime during the wedding while they got themselves together. Um, I was threatened. <laughs> this is true. I was threatened once by a father in Texas. I love Texas, but Texas is so weird. It's such a weird place. <laughs> and it's gotten weirder. But anyway, I get a phone call from a father. And he threatened me, he said, I better, you better not let this, his boy marry that woman. That was his words. <laughs> to which I said, sir, I do not take kindly to threats. And your boy is 50 years old and he's a judge. That's <laughs> 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 um, I once had a drunk bagpiper bark at my wedding coordinator. And he sobered up when I suggested what I might do to his pipes if he did it again. Or, <laughs> or where I was going to put them, anyway. Um, well, we had two weddings the summer before we moved here. And what do you get a year or so later? We've got two babies now in the family as well. So uh, weddings are am amazing things. Um, sometimes with drama, uh, sometimes bittersweet. But they represent... Um, arguably what is the best day, and in the case of a Galilean wedding in the first century, the best week of a couple's lives. 
All that and more brackets this wedding at Cana. You know, weddings are celebration. They are parties. They, they bring people and family and friends together. It's a time to celebrate all the loves. Not only the love that's present there, but when you think about it, a wedding is a summary of all the loves that have come before us. And that's why I think it's always a beautiful thing to remember, even those who aren't present. But given all that, the miracle in Cana is maybe the most unlikely miracle story in the entire Bible. No lives were saved. No one was delivered from the bondage of evil. No sight restored. No hungry person was fed. No dead were restored to their loved ones. It happened today too, but last night, I actually used this text last night as well. And I got multiple laughs when you read the line that everyone serves the good wine first and then waits and gives the bad stuff when people are drunk. Actually, a very good principle to keep in mind, right? And this is part of the first miracle story of Jesus. Basically, the marriage of Cana, the miracle of the water to wine, is Jesus saves a party. Jesus, for a day, becomes a vintner, and apparently a really good one. I pointed out in this week's blog, if you haven't read it, you go back and read it. There are multiple layers that work in this narrative, and that's important to keep in mind. That strange interchange between Jesus and his mother, it foreshadows the final moments. Jesus will not talk again directly to her until the end of the story. The phrase water become wines echoes the language of chapter one. It's literally the same language in Greek. This idea of water becoming wine is an awkward tense, but it's purposeful because it is to remind you of the creative power of God, that the same power that created the cosmos is at work creating this water to wine. And this theme of abundance, which is in the Gospel of John, John not only is there a lot of wine, but there's amazing wine. It's the abundant wine of God. And the fact that this is a first sign, as we're told in John, it harkens back, I think purposely, um, the Hebrew scripture reading today, the Isaiah passage, is John has that passage in mind. Because in the latter prophets, the restoration of Israel is likened to a wedding feast. And the culmination of history in Revelation is the holy feast of the wine of the bride of the Lamb, which culminates the end of all of its evil and represents the beginning of a new world. But given all that symbolism, and it's important to see that because there's always a deep read going on in John. I want to take the story mostly at face value today. The best wine. The abundant wine. You know, Jesus was initially reluctant to get involved. It wasn't his time. It's a strange interaction with Mary. Um, and on top of that, for the most part, the miracle is a secret. Why, why is the miracle a secret? Well, I think Jesus is being considerate. 
because it wasn't his hour, and he also recognized it. This isn't my day. This day belongs to the bride and groom. I think one of the most amazing ignored attributes of God is the humility of God. I mean, the God of the cosmos, the God of the Big Bang, the God of subatomic particles, the God of infinite distance that we can't even comprehend is a God that was present at Violet's baptism. The God who cares about all those things you thought of that are your problems that don't seem to be that big. Jesus didn't want to take the spotlight from a young couple. So Jesus didn't think this is how it was supposed to start, but he intervened anyway. And there was, it was their most important day of their life, and, and they needed him in ways they didn't even understand. The great thing is, we don't know if the couple ever find out. It doesn't matter if they do or not. Jesus wanted to be there, to be present to what was important to them, just as God does with us. Nothing is ever too small or too big for God. And the interesting thing is, God is infinitely present to people who don't even care if there's a God. People who are maybe staunch atheists. Doesn't, God doesn't care. <laughs> I've told that story before. Um, I was asked to visit a dying man who, was, who claimed to be an angry atheist. Um, and I said, I'm going to pray for you because I, I don't want you to. And he was pretty bad off. I said, I don't think you can stop me right now. Which he laughed at that. And he says, I bet I don't believe in God. I said, but God believes in you. And there was a silence. He says, all right, go ahead and do it then. There's a great paraphrase of 1 Peter 5, 7. It goes, cast the full weight of your anxieties upon him, for you are his personal concern. I think the most important dimension to this story, though, I don't know if it's the most important, but Jesus was at this wedding because he was invited to be there. I read a statistic the other day, Vermont is the least church state in the country. See, we are number one. Yay. <laughs> you know, and I, the largest group, single demographic group in the country uh, are 28% of people who are either atheist or none or don't believe, say they believe in anything. And, and I understand why people are disillusioned in, in, in religion. I, this is my business and I'm pretty disillusioned some days, Right? But no one should abandon science because of bad research. There's plenty of bad research out there. Or just because Uncle Billy Bob had a bad reaction to a shot, I don't think we should bring smallpox back. Or I don't think we should quit democracy because people are not very good at it. Frankly, just because I've had a bad apple, I'm not giving up on apples, right? You get the point. 
Christianity is messy because people are involved. But that doesn't seem to be a problem for God. We need to invite Jesus to the parties of our life. We need to invite Jesus into the pain of our life. When we are running out of wine and when we're running out of time, we need Jesus to be part of the picture. You know, foreshadowing is a very important part. And John never wants us to forget where all of this is, is, is leading, right? You know, marriages are about procreation. That's what human history it's been about, right? And, you know, we stop and think about a wedding for most of recorded history, including this wedding. A bride signing up to be a mother in the first century, it would have been safer to be in, in the infantry. Statistically, given the maternity rate, you know, mortality rates among both mothers and children, you were safer being in the Roman infantry than being a mother. Yet, love makes you take a chance, right? The call to keep life going is worth the risk and the sacrifice. As I mentioned, Jesus' conversation with his mother reminds us of the last conversation that he'll have with her when she's watching him die on the cross. Water to wine, it's a sacramental image. It reminds us of the new life of baptism, but it also reminds us of the water and blood that will flow from his body and his death. One of the great privileges of doing this work is the holy things you get to be a part of. Last night's wedding, uh, being with you every Sunday, getting to baptize Violet. What amazing things I get to do. One of the first weddings I performed um, as an ordained pastor was in Texas, where I was on staff. And this was the beloved daughter of their old age, okay? Uh, they, they, uh, they joked it was an accident become a blessing, right? That was always how they joked about it. And so they were playing this wonderful wedding but the father had a brain tumor, been a successful old man, um, but had a terminal brain tumor. And the wedding was supposed to be at the end of June. And I got a call from the family asking me to come to a meeting. And he had taken a terrible turn for the worse. And uh, this was in April. And the doctor said, if you want your dad to be at your wedding, we need to do this now. And so I was asked to come in and be part of the conversation with him. And they said, Dad, we, we want to go in and have the wedding. He goes, no. He says, I'm going to be there. <laughs> and they looked at me. I go, I, I don't have any inside information on this one, all right? <laughs> but let's trust him. Two months later, he walked his beloved youngest daughter down the aisle at First Presbyterian Church, Midland, Texas, in a tuxedo, a big smile on his face. Uh, later at the reception, 
He was joking and dancing with his daughter, uh, drinking with his friends, celebrating um, this wonderful celebration. Um, Two months later, uh, he was brought down the same aisle uh, for his funeral, which I performed as well. And it was just another example that life and death dance together in this world, right? Right? But whether it is our life or whether it is our deaths, if Jesus is invited, there's no joy that we can't celebrate. There's no sorrow we can't bear. There's no darkness we cannot face. Oh yes, you're in my blood like holy wine. You taste so bitter and so sweet. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let us stand together and proclaim what we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord.